Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this, my friends, is the Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Kat Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we are here to take a look at Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago. And man, we have got um, not as many stories as you maybe want in a news show, but we got some very fun ones and some toy news. 
uh, in particular that has me excited. And it's been a while since that's happened in my life. Excited for Star Wars toys and, uh, well, some more toys as well. We'll probably mention those. Before we get started, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 108,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. But I think you know that after all this time. A little bit later, we have a force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us joseph jennifer a lot going on in the world a lot to be concerned about a lot to be worried about but also we got to find our ways through it all and star wars <laughs> often is that light in the darkness uh jen how's life and where's star wars finding you star wars oh. is finding me in my dreams really i don't have very many star wars related dreams um i was working on something and i watched uh, some of kenobi which I just have to say, like, I mean, I love Andor. We all love Andor. And then I love Kenobi as well. It's like two different <laughs> types of meals that we're getting. Mm -hmm. And it's just mm -hmm. like, what a time to be alive. Um, mm -hmm. But I was working on a piece and it was about Darth Vader. And that night I worked kind of late. I had a terrible nightmare about Darth Vader. <laughs> oh my God. I've never, I mean, maybe when I was a kid, you know, I was scared of him. But yeah. let me tell you. It, it, imagining hiding from Darth Vader, it was the most <laughs> terrifying dream. I woke up in a pan. I literally woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh my gosh, it was awful. <laughs> he is a terrifying villain. I mean, we've known him for so many years, but boy, never have a nightmare with Darth Vader. <laughs> Were you watching uh, the the part three where he's walking down the street just terrorizing people for... To show he can? <laughs> yes. Yes. Be, yes, exactly. That scene is so brutal in combination with I also watched the Rogue One hallway scene. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like trying to imagine what that would be like. Well, then my imagination took me into my dreams later on. And I, I don't want to imagine anymore because it was just horrifying. <laughs> uh, I think that's totally understandable. I think Vader marching down that street and and we're really watching him through Kenobi's eyes, right? Yes. He's at his most horror movie. He's at his most, that space Michael Myers, just a terrifying mass person doing awful things because he can, because mm -hmm. he's on, on his way to do something awful to you. There isn't really a clear objective. So I, I, that scene is so powerful to me. And I, I get why people are describing Andor as more adult, but then sometimes I flash to moments like that and like, you know, Kenobi wasn't like uh, the Ewoks cartoon, right? <laughs> exactly. I had forgotten. I was like, this is terrifying. Oh, my gosh. And he does it silently. Just, boom, boom, just, you know, brutalizing this this poor village. And everyone is, is terrified and petrified of him. What, so what was your dream? Was was Vader marching towards you? Was he doing a TikTok? Uh, what, what was happening? I think it, it pretty much was like a recreation of that scene. I was hiding. It was dark and I could hear mm -hmm. him. I could hear his breathing. I could hear his footsteps and I could hear people, you know, dying. Basically, it was horrible. Wow. It was awful. Uh, I'm sure it's in combination with like stress, you know, all of mm -hmm. that gets jumbled together as I tell as I tell my uh, daughters. Like, yeah. Your dreams are when you're processing everything. So. <laughs> 
<sighs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to I pull just, things apart and combining them in weird ways. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oddly enough, I'm just I'm just encouraged that at least, you know, there's one person in the world that still sees Vader as as, as he should be considered evil. Yes. <laughs> That's a big for you. Too many videos and channels making this man a hero. Uh the redemption story's strong, but yeah. He's scary. He's scary. He's yeah. scary. I'm trying to think of a time in my life where I was actually super scared about him. I, I I think I had a different relationship with him, but I do, I do remember it. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but being in a church service and, and the pastor put up an image of the shadow of Vader's helmet mm. as, as look at society. It's, it's, it's full of evil characters that people look up to. And, and in, in the end, he's not necessarily wrong, <laughs> but I just remember at the time going, cool. Jesus and Vader. Stop <laughs> <laughs> what the pastor was intending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and now Vader's going to come and talk to the church about some mistakes that he's made and how you could avoid his mistakes. <laughs> Don't be like me. Oh my gosh. Well, this is a great way to kick off, uh, our, I think, our first episode of October, right? It's, it's yeah. spooky season in Star Wars. That's right. Very much spooky. Very spooky. Very spooky indeed. Uh, uh, Joseph, uh, since the last time we recorded, we had uh, we had some uh, fun being uh, creative and all those kind of cool things. So I actually got to see you in person, which was yeah. fun part of my last week. But anything else uh, go on with you there in Star Wars? Yeah, lots of uh, fun adventures. It was great. Uh, you and Mark Ellis uh, came over to my apartment and it really was a time shock thing of like, mm. You know, we, we haven't recorded in person in at, at my apartment, and you know, it really felt like we should be getting excited for Rise of Skywalker to come out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. It, it was a great, uh, great experience. More on that. Uh, what we were making, we will be loud and proud about when it is uh, ready for release uh, relatively soon. Uh, yeah, I had one of those uh, weird weeks where, like, I had a lot of um, Star Wars adventures, but they were almost all Force Center, and then. Mm-hmm. On Saturday night, I went to a friend's birthday party, uh, and it was she had this outdoor screening of a of a couple of movies that she loved from her youth, uh, Clue and uh, Valley Girl, mm. <laughs> yep. and I had never seen Valley Girl, uh, so it was great to see it in live with a bunch of people, you know, just really enjoying it for what it was, but also kind of laughing at some of the the stuff that's, you know, dated or real about it, you know, very early mm-hmm. on, Nick Cage going, I, I can't go to the Valley. I just don't feel the Valley today. Um, <laughs> and, I, and as I was watching, I was like, this is great. And then for some reason, in my mind, it just floated like, what's my Star Wars adventure going to be for Forsyth this week? <laughs> yeah. And relatively early on in the film, uh, sorry for the spoilers for the uh, very old film, uh, but you know Nick Cage is taking the Valley Girl to dangerous Hollywood, and he drives just this absolutely absurd, unreal. Uh, you know, jumping from Musso and Frank to the Rainbow Room, on, <laughs> the Rainbow Grill on Sunset, and yeah. he's oh just to- totally wrong. Uh, but he passes a, a an ad for The Empire Strikes Back on Hollywood Boulevard. And that film came out in like 83. So I think it was probably shot in 82. So it was probably like a re-release of Empire Strikes Back to get ready for Return of the Jedi. But it was like, there, Star Wars found me inside Valley Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a fun one. And then... um, and then, so there's a little break in between the movies and I uh, saw uh, an, an old friend, an old friend introduced me to her new partner as he, he, he this guy really likes Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and her new partner is like, ah, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm that big of a Star Wars fan. And she was like, you read books. And I was like, I think that's, I think that's pretty big. That's and he, he name checked four lom. It's like, okay, come on. 
if, if you know Forlom, <laughs> you're all there. Yeah. And we had a really nice conversation um, about, you know, what he was asking me about my favorites and he he's had some things that he really loves solo. He wasn't sure about Boba Fett. And, but we had like a really nice, friendly conversation. He kept asking what my favorite was. And I've been working on a, a, a better way to talk about that because I've accidentally mm. bit some people's heads off and saying, like, I don't do favorites. <laughs> and then I, I just I just shocked uh, some some friends because they were asking in a really friendly, casual way. And I just I came on way too strong. Uh, so I was looking for is like, OK, this is my chance to do it again. So I was like, OK, I, I have this Star Wars podcast and we really spend a lot of time talking about and analyzing every everything that comes out. And even if I think there are flaws, I still kind of love them all. So like I'm defensive of them, like they're family members. (laughs) So for me, it's a little bit like asking like, who's your favorite family member? Like I I feel defensive because I don't want it to be, you know, you, you, you understand, uh, you both understand what I'm saying. So it was, um, yeah, I was happy because it was a more successful version of the totally normal human. What is your favorite conversation that I'm struggling (laughs) with right now? I've been there. I've been there too, where like you, you're uh, at a party and, you know, even if it's like around a bunch of creatives or people from certain communities, maybe the old Schmodown community or that, or Collide or something like that. If I show up, like, I, like we always think, talk about like the three of us are the Star Wars people in our certain groups, right? Mm-hmm. So you walk mm-hmm. in, it's like, oh, Ken's here. I got a Star Wars question for him. And sometimes I just immediately, not only the walls go up, but just, I just start barking. <laughs> Because I have a, maybe a rum and coke in me. And someone's like, oh, I don't know. I, I didn't like all of Boba Fett. I'm like, oh, God, God. and I have to be like, oh, they didn't mean that. I just, I'm the jerk here. I got to pull. Yeah. yeah. But, and yeah, I was, I was, you know, tensed for it. And then it ended yeah. up being a really great, really fun and, and friendly conversation. Yeah. Um, final thing for me is, is I'm, I'm so excited, Ken, that you're excited for action figures. I spent a mm. big chunk of the weekend uh, organizing my action figures. I can't wait to talk about them more. <laughs> oh yeah yeah now uh it's gonna be the second half of the show because i wanted to make sure i had a lot of time <laughs> to talk about it um yeah you know it's funny with the uh the action figure uh, relationship a little bit of my star wars adventures last week was heading to your apartment you're right it, it felt really weird uh, w- you know uh, waiting for you to or we were walking up and you let us in and and going up the uh, the elevator like i felt i had like my old gear like my bag uh-huh. <laughs> old gear with me and that was just a lot of fun but uh yeah you know you've you've you had served on this uh re- kind of reorganization uh, tat job that you're still doing like you said but it was like you still have your, your figures out you still don't have a, a stack here you're waiting to figure out what to do with and it was fun to watch both mark ellis and i just immediately go to toy store mode <laughs> right you walk in and it's like ellis hadn't been there in years, years, I think he had been there a long time ago. He walks in, he's just like, "Oh, look at this, love that," and he just starts drift. And you're trying to get ready f- to shoot something with us, <laughs> but he and I are both go, "Oh, look at that, Luke! Oh my god!" And it's just, it just it takes you, it takes over you, it takes takes over your soul. Uh, and I'm thrilled. That's that's <laughs> what I want to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, for me, I, I was kind of like you, Justin. I was more like, "What was my Star Wars adventure this week?" I think it was just Force Center related. Um, but at the same time, I, I've been celebrating a lot. I had a chance to do a little side project for fandom, the evolution of the rebellion. I really like how it, mm. how it turned out. I don't edit them. Um, some editors there, uh, put them together. And so they did a, I thought a really good job of working in some of the deleted scenes and everything. And, um, it just, I had, I had breakfast with my pal, Joe Starr, who used to work there, doesn't work there anymore. And he was like, I really, I really like that video. And, and we were just talking about, you know, uh, 
and, and it ties to what we've always done here, but how the, the deeper you dig into Star Wars, you kind of see what is there. And, and me personally having this um, relationship with the rebellion and growing up with it as the good guys who were all on the same side and they all just knew what they were going to do, fight evil, and how that is, is the end result. Um, but growing up and learning uh, this story that keeps unfolding now, especially with Andor, of the harsh realities of that and why it was very difficult. And I love just so it almost makes it a more inspiring story than just everyone one day was like, let's do this. Let's take down the evil. Um, <laughs> I've just really been enjoying that. And then to, to be able to trace it and, and track it through Solo, uh, with the, which represents a lot of the oppression of the people and the resources as, as, as a goal and a target and, and, and a reason planets are being destroyed. And then a lot of stuff going on in Rogue One, all the stuff that you can, that's really easy to pick up on. And then stuff like in the Bad Batch that is, they're trying to survive, but they're seeing the world change rapidly and the lives, safety and security being whisked away from everyone. Like I, I, I just, it's fun to celebrate. And I, that, that's where um, it just kind of reinvigorates my, my love of coming into force center to talk about those themes and everything like that. And it just was a, a nice breakfast over an omelet, just talking about the struggles of the rebellion, but what it really means for the star Wars story. Oh, that's great. I really love that. And I really love that we're going to keep getting more facets of it. You know, it, it's great to see the story of Andor as somebody who has no doubt that <laughs> the yeah. Empire is awful, but doesn't have a worldview that anything can be done about it, right? Yeah. Um, we're going to keep getting different takes on that story and, and making it, uh, I think, more and more complex and therefore more and more relatable to our lives and how we feel about different challenges in front of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's fun. Star Wars finds you in a lot of different ways. All right. Let's look at some Star Wars news. Speaking of Star Wars finding you, um, it's found Liam Neeson again. (laughs) (laughs) He probably thought it was over. Uh, Like I said, there was not a a ton of news out there, but I I really like this one. It popped up uh, earlier in the week here, but Liam Neeson was speaking at the San Sebastian Film Festival in northern Spain. And he spoke about his return to the Star Wars galaxy as Qui-Gon Jinn. The article kind of pointed out that he seemed surprised that that was one of the first questions for him at this film festival, <laughs> talking about this other movie he's in. Um, but maybe Liam's been out of the game for a bit. This is not uh, not a surprise. You were in Star Wars. We got a question. So he said, again, this is something he had come up before uh, where it seemed like he was trying to hide his appearance in Kenobi. And there might be some truth to that, but he, he really is doubling down on this idea that he is a TV snob. And he didn't want anyone else to play the role, which is a weird combination where essentially it's like an old school, you know, we all grew up in that generation of there was uh, TV actors and movie actors. And, and, and if you crossed over from movies to TV, your career was probably on the downward slide. And that changed, thankfully. Um, I love all that. Uh, the, we can get actors anywhere now and, and, and the projects that, that inspire them. So um, it got me thinking, though, and here's the question I have to start this conversation. Let's say he was like, nah, I'm a TV snob. I'm holding to that. I don't want to do no Star Wars on, on the small screen. Will we take a, a new Qui-Gon in a larger role if Liam doesn't want to do, quote, TV, like, say, season two of Kenobi, if that were to happen? Joseph? Yeah, I mean, I, I have uh, so many emotions about this. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the question's great, Ken, but I, I did just want to take one second uh, to to be excited about the actual article uh, yeah. that you found, which is great. I saw this headline. I didn't, I didn't see it. And it's got a bunch of just great, uh, fun quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn, Jinn and Tonic Neeson said, is Ewan McGregor called me? <laughs> yes. I probably knew at some point, but I thought it was fair, hilarious. And his description of doing the Kenobi shoot, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we were in Los Angeles on a green screen and 
Obi-Wan was uh, on a real camel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I enjoyed the article and I also had the weird like, okay, great. I'm, I'm going here for Star Wars uh, information and I'm, I didn't know about this film that he's in. Marlowe playing Raymond Chandler's mm-hmm. Philip Marlowe. Qui-Gon Jinn is, is Philip Marlowe. I'm a huge fan of that character, those books. So uh, yeah. I actually, it worked. I actually learned about a film I didn't know about because of Star Wars. See, uh, there you yeah. go. So excited for that. So uh, to your actual question, Ken, um, I I think that personally, I want the characters to live on. And I know this has kind Mm -hmm. of become a hot button issue, you know, particularly with Kathleen Kennedy talking in that Vanity Fair article and interview Mm -hmm. about, you know, maybe recasting the iconic characters is is not something that we're going to do in in the future going forward. Um, But I want the characters to live on, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. As I always say, my first choice is that some of these be- beloved performers uh, never age and never die. That's my first yeah. choice. Yes, yeah, yeah, I love that. Love that one. But given that, I want the characters to live on because I think they are more than just the actors, right? So mm-hmm. if there was, like, in particular, if there was like a, a young Dooku show with a young Qui Gon, and it's here, here's right. the young person playing the middle aged person playing Dooku, and the you know younger person playing Qui Gon, great. Uh, if there's a season two of Obi Wan, mm. it would be great if Liam Neeson did it. But honestly, if it was you know Obi Wan's journey uh, to learn to become a Force spirit, and it was mostly a voice and then mm. some CGI, if Liam Neeson said thumbs up. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a great starting point there. Uh, especially with what's going on. And, you know, again, yeah, when you lose Carrie Fisher, you have a big choice. Uh, Mark Hamill's not getting younger. He's, uh, getting better, but he's not getting younger. So, uh, Jen, uh, your thoughts on, especially on, on Qui-Gon in, in, in a season two, if we're going to explore more and, uh, Neeson, Neeson holds out on us, which at this point, I don't think he would, but what do you think? Right. Wait, Joseph, do you actually mean like a CGI, like what, what, like what we saw with, with Luke in a uh, book of Boba Fett CGI? Yeah. Yeah. If Neeson was okay with it, if he's like, I don't want to do it, but you can use my face. <laughs> oh. Wow. That would be, that would be interesting. I mean, oh, I don't know. I, I like the idea. I don't, Mm. okay. First of all, have they confirmed season two of Kenobi? No, right. No, 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 there's nothing no. like, I don't even feel like there's even any rumblings about that. But if they were to have a season two, I would like a smattering of Qui-Gon. Just just mm-hmm. a little bit. I like the idea of voiceover stuff. Um, that's good. But I, I don't like the idea of recasting him. And I don't like the idea of recasting a young Qui-Gon. Not yet. You know, mm-hmm. give it time. Mm-hmm. Give, give it time. I think the reason why for me, young Leia worked so well is because she she was so young in contrast mm-hmm. with, yeah, yeah. you know, Carrie Fisher. And and, and so then I just think, how young are we going to cast Qui-Gon? Like some of the, he's a nine-year-old boy. Like, I, I just, I, no, I think let's just <laughs> let it live, you know, and we'll, we'll get some voiceovers and stuff like that. Maybe some yeah. forced ghost appearance. Uh, otherwise, I'm good. I'm good yeah. on that. What, yeah, and now the wrinkle, of course, is in, in the Tales of the Jedi, we got his son plan voicing the younger version. But that's that's a different thing than season two of Kenobi or young K- K- Kenobi and uh, young Dooku and Qui-Gon. Uh, at least yeah. am I t- interpreting that right, Jen? Oh, yeah. That, I didn't know that it, his son is an actor as well. 
At this point, I guess. <laughs> I, he, he, uh, I haven't Googled it, but he's at least a Qui-Gon Jinn actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. I had no idea. Now I need to go back and watch that, that trailer no, again. I I yeah, I don't mean to throw a wrinkle into your, into your thought process there. Because uh, it, it is slightly different. Tales of the Jedi, I don't think of it in the same way. Uh, I think of it's, it's, it's neat. Right? Oh, that's cool. His son's voice in a young... Oh, that's kind of awesome. Versus, yeah, what you're, what you're discussing, I think. Yeah, and I don't. I don't mean to be yeah. cavalier about it. Uh, you know, like yeah, anybody, any actor who doesn't want to do a role, just deep fake it. I like. I don't want to be cavalier about it yeah, at yeah. all. Um, I, I just think that in the big picture, ultimately, to me, these characters are always, always the original actor first, if at all possible, be involved in every way humanly possible. But I don't want to just not tell stories. You know because we have a history in books animation going back to yeah. the, you know the star wars you know radio show that was on public radio it's like uh, you know mark hamill is up for it but you know just because harrison ford didn't do it it didn't get canceled you know right mm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and, and yeah especially if we're, if we're you know this question is based around a, a possible kenobi season two like if you're going to explore a ton with qui-gon and kenobi uh it, then it does become the character for me. And I would, you know, it would be insane to think, no, Liam, but, you know, it's also, it's not even just his views of TV. Some, some, if he's, a, say, a series regular, that could be a commitment that he can't make. Uh, I mean, look, the reason we have, you know, Andor going from five seasons to two is both Tony Gilroy and Diego Luna come together and go, we can't do this for five years of our lives. Right. <laughs> we can't do it. Uh, that's a reality. And so I wouldn't want to lose out on any kind of future Qui-Gon or past Qui-Gon um, if he's not around. Four, yeah. you know. Right. And I'm looking at his at his son. I think it's it's the son that I'm thinking of. He has two sons. Mm. I mean, he could play. He could play young <laughs> Qui-Gon. I may take it back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any of the either of these things are probably, you know, burning propositions. I don't think anybody's, you know, uh pitching a live yeah. action uh Dooku series. Um <laughs> right. it, I think that I think the question really is if there is a season two, which, you know, the only rumblings where a lot of people were asked about it, you know, um, Deborah Chow, Kathleen Kennedy, Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. in interviews right toward the end of the first season. They're like, maybe there was a lot of interest. Maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and it just, it, you know, why at this point, why wouldn't you? It was, I'd call this a success, right? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Speaking. Mm-hmm. Not everyone would agree, but I think you can say say the show is a success. Yeah, so that's I do wonder. Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, okay. I'm just going to say real quick. I do wonder if this is just going to become a not an issue for a little while, and or is I think having a lot of success because there is a hunger for new. And obviously, we do we do have mm-hmm. you know characters that we know. Uh, Mon Mothma, Sly Moore, huge characters like Sly Moore, yeah. uh, being <laughs> name checked. But I do feel like there is a desire a pretty big desire to find new characters. So I wonder if this whole conversation of how should classic characters be revived on the screen is going to be on the back burner for a little while. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that statement there. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and unfortunately for me, I, I still love the legacy characters and everything uh, in this era, but yeah, I think you're right about that. Might yeah. be a, for a while, a moot point at least. Uh, Neeson was not done. He also said he, he uh, came to pay some respects to George Lucas, saying, I uh, returned to the role, a little homage to Lucas, saying, uh, because uh, he wanted to pay respects to that world he created in his day, a world in which each culture, each country in the world has a mythological theme associated with each one of them, their nations, 
Lucas was very smart. Um, I love that. And he, he in in the doc, you kind of got a little bit of that too. Um, and I think we we were talking Joseph in our breakdown of the Kenobi doc of, of kind of being affected and, and moved a little bit by even just hearing Liam Neeson say the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Um, mm. my Star Wars soul. Um, so what do we think of him holding George so close, considering he was part of this much maligned film at the time, which you'll still find folks that will really malign the Phantom Menace. Um, I don't know. Jen, we, we love George around these parts, warts and all, Sabaro food and all, but <laughs> what, what do you, what do you make of this? And Liam, 24, 25 years later, still holding him close to his heart. You know, I, I think about how he, he voiced Qui-Gon in the Clone mm-hmm. Wars. And so I think that he's always had respect and a sense of like pride around being yeah. in Star Wars. Um, and I'm sure because of his involvement in the Clone Wars uh, that he saw how Star Wars was able to continue its stories because of the world building that George Lucas did. Um, and I can't imagine being an actor you know, in, in the prequels and getting to witness movie making history, you know, what George Lucas and and the ILM team created in the prequels, it changed the way that movies are made. And Liam Neeson under understands that and is Mm -hmm. proud of that. And I'm sure it was very challenging as an actor, uh, but he also got to experience it firsthand. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that he does have a lot of reference because George Lucas is, at heart, he is an artist and, and Liam Neeson is as well. So game, game recognizes game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love that. Uh, Joseph, what about the game and recognizing it? Ah, no, I think, I, I think Jennifer nailed it with game recognizes game. I mean, I think, uh, Liam Neeson, um, much like George Lucas, strikes me as a person who is really curious about the world and curious about the people that he interacts mm-hmm. with and then keeps his own counsel on, mm on his opinions of the world and Liam Neeson you know tends to to uh, be forthright sometimes to his benefit sometimes not yeah yeah (laughs) when he speaks um but I feel like he's been pretty consistent um can you give me a a tv guide that came out uh around the Phantom Menace time like the building up to it and I was when I was cleaning I opened it up to have all these mini interviews and I, I opened it up to the Liam Neeson one and you know, it's got some funny things from being back in the day, but a lot of it is not different than the way he's talking right now. Mm. Mm. And I feel like it, 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 to me, it creates this picture where he's like, oh, yeah, Star Wars. Fascinating. OK, I'll make this film. All right. And a little bit weird with the CGI or whatever, a little bit challenging. But uh, I, I he had a good experience making it. Uh, he clearly talked to George Lucas. And instead of going weird, George, you got a bunch of big ideas about what your myth means. I thought we were just playing with laser swords. Instead of having that attitude toward him, he clearly mm-hmm. had the like, oh, interesting. Tell me more of why you're building it this way. Why is the Gungan culture designed this way? Cool. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, had that great experience, that great interaction. And I think crucially, from Liam Neeson's perspective, then on, went on with his life, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? He was not on forums fighting about it. He just went and made love, actually. You know, he just went on I, I think having his adventure and I think he's one of these actors that isn't carrying around sort of the reaction to the film. He's carrying around his experience of making it and mm. not much else. And mm-hmm. some actors clearly carry the experience and then also carry the reaction. And he just doesn't seem to carry the reaction. You know, yeah. like I made it. Uh, maybe some people didn't like it. I don't know. I went and made my next thing. And the, yeah. the only thing he's talking about now is like in this interview when he's talking about you and was on a camel. I only had three lines, but we did our rehearsal and people cried. It was yeah. wonderful. He's clearly mm-hmm. experiencing the love and the weight of it now. So why wouldn't he be positive? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And that was, you know, certainly his experience uh, varied for others, as we know, but but uh, he was in the position to do so. And and, and I, I, what this means for me is that he he connected to what was there in the film and why I come back to the Phantom Menace so much more now. I mean, I, I really love the Phantom Menace more than I did even three months ago. Like I've mm. just been spending more time in it. And a lot of it is, you know, again, there are certainly some warts. There are some things that don't work. There are some things, choices that, as you said, George keeps his own counsel, clearly. Um, uh, just sometimes it's detriment, but overall what was there was always there, you know? And, mm-hmm. and there's not this, we're going back and putting a layer over it and going, Oh, see, that was there the whole time. Liam Neeson's the lead of the film and he connected with his stuff. And it just, um, I don't know. It emboldens my love for this movie. It really does to hear him talk about it. I think that's why I was affected even on that doc when he's like, it's been 24 years since we made the Phantom Menace. Like he said it, he said the name. Um, he hasn't forgotten. Because you can mm. get that sense that, yeah, he immediately was on it. He, he was already a respected big name, but I think you could argue he became a bigger name after The Phantom Menace, Taken, all those movies, Love Actually said, that come after that. Um, so he could have easily uh, forgotten it. He didn't, and he connected with it. And I, well, I just love it. I love hearing that stuff. So, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It is, it's great to hear when, when actors who created something that we love actually love it. Yeah, and it's okay to hear when they have issues with it and – that's part of it. And a lot of times it's a job, right? They're reacting to oh, that job I did for nine months or two years. You know, who's <laughs> right. not, not going to have some thoughts and, and know some And a minute, the craft services were great. It was a great experience for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shot in 130 degree weather. It was great. I wore those neon glasses. It was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot maybe more to discuss from this. And please feel free to jump in with anything here. But the, the final thing I really wanted to pull out is the article called Qui-Gon, quote, the most attractive Jedi in the Star Wars galaxy. Now, I think Liam Neeson's a very classically handsome man, a tall, strapping lad. But is that right? What about Opu, Opa Rensis's Kieti Monday? That's, a, that's quite a statement, Joseph. It's a very powerful statement, particularly in the context of the whole sentence in the article. It says, Qui-Gon Jinn, the most attractive Jedi in the Star Wars saga, in the Ewan McGregor-produced series Obi-Wan. So... <laughs> Yeah. This sentence is practically saying by omission, Ewan McGregor, eh, not that <laughs> handsome, not that attractive, which I personally disagree with. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Trabor, come on. Uh, Yarl Poof, that neckline, come on. It's um, all about taste. If you're a neck person, Yarl Poof is the most attractive Jedi in Star Wars. This is true. Uh, Jen thought on, uh, thoughts on Neeson and Qui-Gon, the most striking Jedi in the galaxy. What a statement to make. I mean, like you said, you have Ewan McGregor. I mean, come on. And here's the thing. Then you start to, then I start to think, well, who else, who else could, you know, Kit Fisto. I I think he's attractive in an odd way. I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it's a smile. He has charm about him. Um, But, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn, I would say that people, he seems like he's, you know, good with the ladies. So maybe that's what they're reading into. I don't know. It's just such a bold claim, and it seems kind of odd to throw that out there. Uh, we all know he's handsome, but there's there's other attractive Jedi out there as well. Yeah, those just disappear into those big glassy eyes of Kit Fisto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Kit's presence. Kit's just very to see the bright side in, in life. That 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 can uh, that's a charisma that uh, pulls you in there. Uh, yes. Yeah. I just, I just love it because it was it was a sideswipe uh, of this kind of uh, article. There might have been a, a translation error, you know. This uh, uh, it, there was even like uh, the website had some errors in it there, and I don't, you know, it's a uh, Chilean uh, uh, 
website, I believe. Um, I should have looked at that more. But anyways, I just I was just like, I'm into this article. And it was like right up top. All of a sudden, like, wait a minute. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Why is that there? I am so fascinated by this. Uh, I have a stand-up bit about a concert I saw where I, I won't go into the whole thing, but it's just like the the um, the person leading the band just threw out an incredibly distracting pop culture opinion that there's no way that like 98% of the audience disagreed with. And there was no reason to bring it up, but just threw it out there. <laughs> and I'm fascinated by those moments of like, it's one thing when you're like, okay, well, we got to dive into a difficult topic and not a lot of people are going to agree with this, but I have to say it like, there's no reason to have said this. Absolutely no reason. <laughs> I am fascinated with those things. Sometimes they make me mad. There's this, still that Lord of the Rings channel that all of a sudden out of the blue was just crapping on the sequel trilogy. I'm like, what? I, I came what? for Tolkien lore. What are you doing here? What are you doing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, that's about it there on uh, Old Qui-Gon for now. I really do hope we get a season two, and I really do hope it's just hours of uh, ghost Qui-Gon, Liam Neeson, talking with uh, the less attractive Ewan McGregor, Kenobi, and the other. That'd be uh, amazing. amazing. Yeah, and just so I don't get a a thousand tweets, that is my first choice as well, that Liam Neeson himself is there physically with Ewan McGregor and having long, forced discussions about who is more attractive. (laughs) Focus on the the reality that I am way more handsome than you can open. Um, there you go. There you go. Any final thoughts, Jed, on uh, Liam, Qui-Gon, and uh, the neckline of Yarlpuf? I don't. I just can't get over that that statement. It, it is, It is. you know, I mean, it's it's obvious. Like you said, it is obvious. He's very, he's a very handsome gentleman. And, you know. Yeah. Strapping lad. What, what can you say? Five? Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, oh, there you go. Well, we are going to move on here and take a quick break and get into uh, the toys. We got some toy news coming, but before that, we got a book recommendation, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what's the suggestion and have we started reading it? It is Padawan by Kirsten White. The same it has been for quite a while now because we are trying to make the time to read it ourselves. I still enjoyed that first chapter that I've read, and I need to make time to read this one. If you want to beat us uh, in in seeing and experiencing this book and not seeing it, you can listen to it uh, by listening to the audio. You can feel it, I guess you could say. And to do that, uh, download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. And the other side, more news here on Center. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Force Center. We're taking a look at Star Wars news. And this past weekend was the Hasbro Pulse Con. This is uh, the big toy con uh, for Hasbro fans, Star Wars fans, of course. A lot of news is going to come out of it. And I'll start here. I just, I. I'll start with a personal look. I just stopped, I've stopped really collecting toys, uh, the the figures, the memorabilia even. I don't have a lot of Star Wars shirts anymore unless Brian Ward makes them. Uh, I've just gotten in a different phase of my of my fandom. So um, I don't get excited. I haven't bought a Black Series figure in a while. I think the last one was a Jar Jar figure for me because uh, I just wanted to absolutely support. And then our, our buddy, Joseph uh, Ken Plume, has a show called Force 5 on his YouTube channel that you and I have both uh, been on, a collector's kind of show. He started texting us some of the news and I literally stopped what I was doing and was like, <laughs> there's Star Wars toys and Indiana Jones toys that I will be purchasing very soon. So let's start with some of the big reveals. They're up for pre-order, of course. Uh, you can go to HasbroPulse.com and start 
pre-ordered. Highlights include um, Cassie and Andor, Vel Sartha, Bix Kayleen, Mon Mothma, and Luthen Rail. Also, there's a casting with B2 Emo and the Mandalorian Rescue Set and the Modal Nodes. You get the entire band. And I'm not done. No, act fast. You also can pre-order <laughs> Wicked Combat Poncho, Leia, Endor Han, a Biker Scout, and surprise, surprise, it's Lando in disguise. You can get Lando in his uh, skiff disguise there. We'll get into the Indiana Jones stuff in a bit. This is Force Center. We'll start with Star Wars. What are we getting? Joseph, I have to start with you because you're currently clearing space for more figures. Yes, I am. I, you know, I've been managing them all so much, so it's a, a good opportunity for me to uh, reflect um, on why I collect mm-hmm. <laughs> and make choices yeah. about which figures I pick up. Sometimes it's just because, you know, I, I love this character. Sometimes it's the heat of I'm in the middle of this show, so I we I need to have this yeah. uh, this character to sit and watch their show with me. Uh, lots of different reasons. Sometimes it's the artwork on the package, um, but it, it does make me really mindful about being choosy about uh what i i collect and there's a ton in here to be really excited about Mm -hmm. um when i was organizing my figures this weekend um my wife asked me a couple of questions and it was like that kind of thing of like you know you just like hit a pressurized hose (laughs) 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 and unless you stop me (laughs) and i really was like the thing you asked me about actually has this backstory and i have opinions about do you want to hear it and she was like yes i do so uh (laughs) so it was really funny that this was like moments before ken's text came in uh Uh and the main thing we were talking about is you know the uh no longer having the main line um five points of articulation where you uh, something comes out and you release the whole main cast Mm -hmm. um and instead it's this sort of slow drip and they've been getting a little bit better about it so i was they put out a lot more obi-wan figures kind of all at once and not Mm -hmm. everybody there's no leia uh but this was exciting to see that in both the the black series and the vintage line there are more cassian figures it's not like the whole cast Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's this slow drip release because of the way they announce them. This isn't just like, and that, those are all the figures. Um, yeah. But I was happy to see the number of characters that you could get. So mm-hmm. I was excited for this announcement. Um, the big ones for me that I need to pick up right away is uh, for sure the vintage Cassian. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the entire modal nodes in one set is just amazing making yeah. it even more amazing. They come in, they're under this whole program called the Troop Builder. Um, mm. So you've been able to buy, like, I can't remember what it is, five or six, Shore Troopers, the, you know, Rebel Troopers, Hoth Troopers. Mm, so mm-hmm. this idea that you could buy, like, three of these sets and it'd be like, the modal nodes versus snow troopers <laughs> 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 is very, very funny to me. Um, they also uh, announced things that were in the pipeline, so they're not showing yet, but they are coming. And one I was really, really thrilled to see was coming was the Tuscan Warrior from mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett. That's mm-hmm. one that I've really, really wanted and excited to see coming in, in the pipeline. Um, and I know then uh, we'll talk about it more, but for the Black Series, obviously Luthen, uh, obviously yeah. Mon Mothma. There, there are very, very few Mon Mothma figures, like I think yeah. two uh, up to this point uh so this is just a great mothma renaissance and then mm-hmm. i was thrilled to see the 40th anniversary return of jedi wicket comes with a lot of weapons so that might put it over the top for me <laughs> oh that's a must buy for me must buy indeed and um yeah jen uh i i'm gonna start with that wicket but oh. i'm sure there might be more now again the question you have is is what 
figures do you purchase that are going to be then played with by your children? And destroyed. Yes, exactly. So (laughs) that makes me pause. For sure, Wicket. Absolutely. I think I could probably get Bix and Velsartha. We could throw them into the mix with Playtime, with Barbie and her friends. This kind of, and that kind of makes me think about the state of the toy industry. And, you know, are, is this really more for collectors now, Black Series action figures in general? Are kids still playing with them? I know, like my seven year old, she plays with her Barbies. She was, oh my gosh, she wanted the collector's uh, doll of Ahsoka that I think uh, was recently released or they announced it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to pay $55 to have her go in our in our jacuzzi <laughs> in the bathtub. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you have to think about that. Uh, but she's more into those types of toys. But really, she's kind of gone away from toys and she's more into like gaming. And mm-hmm. that type of like experience or like surprise toys. And mm-hmm. so I guess when I see some of these, there's so many action figures. Is it really just more for us collectors now or is it is it mm-hmm. for kids? Still? I don't know. I, for those of you that have kids out there, I, I'd love to know. I, I am kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all look fantastic. They, I mean, the, the um, molds, Diego Luna looks like Diego, Cassian looks like Diego Luna. Yeah. Um, and that's <laughs> makes me think of what was that one figure? Oh my gosh, was it the Poe Dameron one? It yeah. just did not. It did not look like Oscar Isaac at all. Uh, but I, there are multiple uh, beautifully failed attempts at capturing Oscar Isaac. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be so handsome, and then the figure's like, oh, what is that? So, uh, but Diego Luna <laughs> looks great. All all the all of them look great. Although the, the layup. I don't know if that mm. one looks so much like Carrie Fisher, but again, yeah. I'm nitpicking because, oh my gosh, there's just so many of them. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't mean, know. Besides Wicked, that's probably, probably the only one I have to get. You have to. Yeah. Cause that was going to be, maybe you put that up on a high shelf. Yeah. No. Yeah. Look, historically uh, they've absolutely struggled to capture Carrie Fisher as well. That's, that's been uh, a thing for sure. Uh, but that figure, that combat poncho Leia is still perhaps my favorite Kenner figure, which is odd because I don't actually own it. Uh, I've just always uh, been uh, first on my list there. Um, so I, that might be a uh, like Ma- Mike Black used to always say, like the Black Series of the Vintage Line, these six inch figures. It's like it you're we've grown up, but the figures essentially haven't because it feels the same like holding a Kenner figure when you're seven. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think I need to uh, there's going to be reliving um some past joy with that. No, I absolutely uh, love it. I, in terms of the Andor ones, you're right, Joseph. Like they launched a lot of Kenobi ones. Uh, good to know that, um, you know, we still got some Tuscan stuff on the way. I, I was, uh, I love this line. Uh, I really liked Vel Sartha being in there because it reminded me of just kind of an old Kenner feel of, I, you know, this is part of the show and it might be a character that has a major uh, part in it come going forward or it just might be a smaller role but we got a figure and i just really like mm-hmm. that plus you know it's the waif in game of thrones let's have the waif uh, a waif figure mm-hmm. that I really wanted. um i don't know it just I, I, it rounded out the line for me if that makes sense yeah it was mm-hmm. great that they have a, a, a vel and, and a and a bix um mm-hmm. uh, as a collector myself sometimes they release the black series and the vintage of a character at the same time and mm. sometimes they torture me. Like they're going to mm. make a Luthan and Mon Mothman in vintage eventually, and that would, and that's my first choice. But if yeah. a character is absolutely not available in vintage, uh, I will get them. 
in the Black Series line. That's why I have uh, yeah. a large Werner Herzog staring at me. Um, <laughs> but the, I, I'm glad that they put them out. I wish that they put them out like, hey, this is the suite of this character. Hey, if you mm-hmm. really like Bix and you're an adult collector and you want the really high-end Black Series, great. Hey, but if, you know, your, your younger uh, person is watching the series and they want to a toy here's the vintage or here's the retro all right. at once would be really really great yeah and look yeah i think jen raises that question of uh you know has the industry changed and it, it clearly has just go to those toy aisles at the targets and see who you're competing with for the figures it ain't eight-year-olds <laughs> this is this is the thing that i'm really fascinated about and that my wife you know hit the pressurized hose on is um obviously they are there for collectors and obviously the world has changed and and jennifer it's so great to hear you know what what your kids are actually into right it's not 1970s and and 80s where like play on a bike or maybe find some firecrackers or action figures (laughs) (laughs) those are the things to do with your time and then then the brand new video game thing obviously it's a different time but i feel like is this a self-fulfilling prophecy because there aren't figures geared Mm -hmm. toward kids right um, it's you can't just walk in to a toy store and go, hey, I saw Obi-Wan Kenobi and I want to play with these two characters. They're hard to find. Right. Right. They're they're hard for kids. And the reason all this was coming up is I had so loved that the last Jedi line they did, because that was the last line where it's just like all at once a, a month or so before the movies come out. Here's most of the main characters and they're pretty easy to find and they're right. affordable and just the great tragedy of that was the last line that was super, super kid friendly. And mm-hmm. I love The Last Jedi with all my heart, but I understand it's not the one that inspires kids to act it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Just now listening to you talk Sorry. about this, it made me realize kids are gravitating and really the, the toy industry has changed for like Legos. Star mm-hmm. Wars Legos have become huge. Like my girls, that's what they're actually interacting with Star Wars with the mm. most, like the Octo set or the little Porgs or grumpy old man Luke that they play with or <laughs> all those builds that you can create. When mm. I go to the Lego store, that's where I see kids really yeah. geeking out, you know, like, oh, I mm-hmm. want that. I want that Star Destroyer or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, because I think there's also the immediacy. Like, it, mm. it's hard for adults to wait. Like, because it's great that these are announced, but these are pre-orders. I haven't even looked up. Is this 2027? Like, they, they're a while right. away before they actually show up and you physically have them. Exactly. For a lot of these, a lot of these characters, and that's you know that's real different for a kid seeing like a show and then going, ah, oh, I'm so excited, I want to engage with that. And mm-hmm. like the Lego's already out. There's an Andor set. There's yeah. a, a wow. chase on the streets. You know. Uh, it's not the brothel set that we've been joking about, but you can you can go to a store and buy some Andor in Lego form, and it's going to be a while for the figures. Uh, that's a funny side conversation. What's this from, Mom? Don't worry. You'll see it in about five years. <laughs> Just play with this set. Lego brothel set. But that's a great point, Jen, too. I've been thinking back last time I was in a, a Lego store with Star Wars Celebration. Uh, me, Joseph, and Brian Ward walked into the one there in downtown Disney. Yeah, we're stepping all over, kids. You know, it's... Yeah. it's uh, it's interactive. I get it because I've been a fan yeah, since I was yeah. five or six. That's what pulled me in, building, mm-hmm. playing. And yes, I love the figures. But yeah, if you're looking at if it's an era of games, hand, phone, playing games on the phone, uh, and then Lego has, you know, your hands are on it, you're building, you're interacting with it. It makes a lot of sense. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not a parent, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm. 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 
All right. But the big thing, I got to talk about it. I got I'm so excited for this. We got the new line of, I guess they're called adventure series figures. Um, you know, that makes sense. We got Indiana Jones figures finally coming. My God, I've been waiting for this. I've been, this is just, <laughs> they tried in 08, uh, Kingdom of Crystal Skull era. They tried back in the day. You can get some of the like original uh, Belog uh, three and three quarters, everything, uh, 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 Belog figures, but, um, We've got uh, five from Raiders. Uh, they're they've gonna they're gonna do twenty five in total. Uh, essentially five from each film. Uh, I hope one day we get some young Indiana Jones uh, Chronicles uh, figures, <laughs> only because I've learned that uh, Elendel from uh, Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power is Lloyd Owen, who was Henry Jones Senior in Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Uh, who is amazing? That actor is yeah. amazing. Is is his young Sean Connery voice is shockingly good. He and he's great in Rings of Power. So I hope they eventually get to those figures there. But that could be something else. But I, I'm just so excited. I'm just so excited. I, I don't know why it never caught on. Uh, you're both from that era. Did you feel that? Am I wrong in thinking that? Because I love indie, but I I never even collected the, the figures or the toys growing up. I remember seeing them on the shelves and it was tantalizing because it was so close and I kind of vaguely knew it was related to Star Wars, but not in yeah. the storytelling necessarily. But those uh, films were, they, I was told they were too adult and I could not uh, see them or know them. And mm-hmm. I don't remember ever seeing Indy himself much, but it was, you know, various uh, baddies. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing like, it would be like, oh, well, here's it's, there's nothing on the shelf, but Lobot and Tote Rock. And- <laughs> yeah. 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 Who doesn't want a Tote Rock figure? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know, Jen. Uh, your side of things. Did did uh, did you? Uh, how did you? What's your interaction? Your, your connection to Indy? This oh Lucasfilm property. Yes, yes. I this takes me back seeing these figures because um, I I spent a lot of time as a kid with my cousin who was the same age as me, and he was obsessed with Indiana Jones. I remember mm. I was actually I think too scared to watch it, or I watched a little bit, and I was just like I don't sure. want to watch anymore. Um, but he was obsessed, and he would he got like a you know the outfit. I even mm. think he got a whip. Uh, which that's bold yeah. for a, for a kid. <laughs> um, so when I see these figures, I immediately think of him and how I don't know if he'll get them now, but uh, mm. yeah, it was just such a big part of my childhood. Even though it wasn't, it was just like adjacent to Star yeah. Wars and things that I was into. But yeah, I don't. Like, I don't think I'll get the indie figures, but I love that they're there. I love that they're going to be. Out you're there. happy for me. I pre- that's all I need. Yes. Yes. <laughs> clearing, clearing some shelf space. Yeah, it's just a thing. I especially in OA, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and, and you can take any thoughts about that movie and put them on the shelf. Um, that, that's not. It's just they they brought back figures, and and I just remember being so excited, like, oh, finally, we're going to maybe catch up to to Star Wars in a way. And, and look, everything's kind of been chasing Star Wars figure wise. It, it it never has for any franchise works as well as Star Wars did. It's historic for for reasons, but uh, and it it fell flat. Maybe that's because the reception to Crystal Skull was what it was, and and, and the, there was no interest. I even have Indiana Jones uh, Lego sets. I have one big playset from that, and that's that whole line's out of print, so to speak. Wow. Uh, it didn't it didn't generate interest. It's so it's just it's just a weird thing. Because indie is is just such a so many people love me and Alex Damon just share this love of of indie kind of being our favorite character in a lot of ways. I have the hat. I have the hat hanging in my office here. I don't wear it much. I don't look. I don't look like indie. When I'm that. <laughs> um, but I'm just excited. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it sticks this time around. I'm hopeful. We'll find yeah. out. 
Mm. And I said Tote Ra because that's the name of the Star Wars character named I, after Tote. It's yes. Arnold Tote in the in the film. <laughs> that's uh, so hilarious. There isn't, I, I knew I meant in the back of my head, I was like, wait, that's not right. But uh, Tote Ra is also right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tote Ra is a named at, character named after Tote. Uh, mm. I do want to point out that they're making the Great Adventure series thing, which is kind of like, mm. looks like, you know, even more deluxe black series type mm. figures. Uh, but they're also making these retro figures. Um, yeah which are these much fewer points of articulation look like they're made in the seventies and eighties from the art, uh, from the action figure style. And you know, if, if people aren't as tuned into the action figure collecting set, they started doing these, uh, for star Wars, the, the retro, and you can tell cause there's a giant sticker that says retro <laughs> and they're, 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 they seem to be selling well. They're Kenner's kind of basic, uh, uh figure that you can actually often find, Mm-hmm. on a shelf at Target. There's also a Marvel line of retro figures like this that are really, really popular. So I'm super excited for the Raiders of the Lost Ark one. Mm-hmm. So I think, it, just to kind of bring it back to kids, these are figures that are affordable enough that a parent can go like, oh, hey, it's Indiana Jones at Target. You like Indiana Jones. Here you go. Play with it. Right. Yes. But they're also mm-hmm. so simple. And the art on the package is so evocative they really get to the heart of why I love action figures because they are like, they're so streamlined and simple. They are just the idea of the thing, but made physical. Yeah. So you can take it home and put it on the wall and look at it. Like the black series and everything in the vintage, you can pose them. You can be a real collector about it. You can get real nerdy about all the accessories, but all these retro ones are just the idea of the thing made in plastic. And I think that's beautiful. I, 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 as you're talking, I'm staring across my studio at a, at the Ahsoka three and three quarter retro figure I have. It was gifted to me by uh, a friend mm. of mine, Robbie. And uh, there's just something. Uh, yeah. I love the detailed stuff. I, I wish I could afford hot toys and sideshow and, and you know, <laughs> but I, there's some, I, I'm a seven year old still at heart, right? That's what we're still talking about this years later. And, I'm, and I love the Ahsoka figure because it's so simple and you're the rest so is just right. filled in by imagination. Yes, yes. I'm looking at, uh, listening to you guys describe this. It is a very, the retro Indiana Jones is very simplistic, but the artwork really pops. And I can just see, you know, giving that to to my kid or or someone for a gift. And it's just like their pocket size. You can take them to, to you know, to dinner with, when you're bored and, you know, they can take a sip from your drink. Oh, good. Yes. You know, you can like pop, put them, play with them in the backyard. There's just I don't know. There's just something about imaginative play that sometimes like the most simplistic thing is actually the thing that keeps them entertained for the longest. So yeah, it fires their imagination, right? If they have to. Yeah. 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 And even just like looking at the, the package on this, right. It's got the sort of the, the runes and the inscriptions on the side, Uh, just daring, handsome uh, Harrison Ford. He would be the most handsome Jedi ever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it, it, it just captures the feeling of, hey, do you want to go on an adventure? You know, yeah, it's yeah. bright, exciting colors. It's just the idea. Yeah. Hey, look, I remember my nephew was seven months old and I spent $100 on a playset thing for him. So proud. I didn't have a lot of money. And we put two rocks in an empty water bottle. And that's all he played with the entire time I was in town. So, yeah. as we always say, I'm no parent, but I think Jen, you're speaking the truth here. I love it. Final question of this here. 
how great is it to have Stellan Skarsgård, Carl Weathers, and Werner Herzog in figure form? No matter the scale, we have them. Some classics, some some actors of of uh, uh, gravitas who you never really would have thought they're going to be in Star Wars. Uh, Jen, uh, what is does this have? It is this just me that this has meaning to? I mean, I I love it. I I think that I've seen those on the pegs a lot because yeah, <laughs> they're hanging out. They're a little lonely, as, as you would say, Joseph. Uh, but I like that they do it. I mean, I kind of just want to get the Luthan one just to have it and have my kids say, why Why do we have this? Who is this man? <laughs> Don't worry about it, kids. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I am curious to see how they do in store. I am yeah. curious. Uh, yeah, look, look, you're you're right. So, some peg warming might be happening here because uh, it, it's uh, you know you got a sixty year old plus uh, character actor gr- growling in Star Wars. I don't know if he's going to fall off the shelves, but uh, my fiance might get it because she's such a fan of a girl with a dragon tattoo. Like she oh. loves <laughs> Scar's card. So who knows? Uh, Joseph, uh, you mentioned uh, you've got uh, Werner staring at you right now. Mm-hmm. I got Werner. Uh, yep, I got I got a Carl Weathers that you kindly picked up for me. You're like, That's right. you sent me the text. Like, do you need this? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, you you can get Carl Weathers in all sizes and styles. He's yeah. well represented. It's great. Yeah. No, I love it. And I think there's going to be more Luthen because I think he is going to be popular with collectors. I think you might end up. Mm-hmm. Um, Seeing a lot of him uh, hanging on shelves at Target because I don't think he's the one that's going to move for kids or families. You know, mm-hmm. I've run into parents in holiday time see me staring at the Star Wars figures and ask for advice, and I don't know if I'd say, you know, your kid needs losing. Uh, uh, but I think there's gonna, I think he's gonna be very popular with collectors. I can't wait for the black series where you can, uh, the deluxe black series where you can swap him, you can make the actual physical transformation, you can put on his wig and everything. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I look forward to that one. I think this is, it's absolutely great because it, I mean, it, it that that is the tradition of Star Wars figures too, of like, um, making the wild ones and the weird ones, and that's what collectors go for, and kind of bringing in that real world kind of it's just mm-hmm. fun that that these people are in star wars and you know i i wait yeah. and yeah. i hope for david lynch and judy dench to get cast in star wars <laughs> so we can get their action figures oh yeah yeah i don't know yeah it is i mean i'm just excited that uh i have a, a you know if i want an apollo creed in space figure uh, that uh, means a lot, means a lot. Well, that's our, our look at the figures. Uh, more to come. Like I said, uh, we covered part of it there. Uh, I'm glad you guys mentioned some of the retro stuff that's out there as well. Uh, a lot to get, lot to, get to. Uh, a lot of you out there are still collectors. You still get excited. I'm just uh, thrilled that I got uh, that little burst of, ooh, I need it, which I haven't had for a while. So mm. a lot of fun to reconnect with that. Uh, before we get out of here, we're going to take a look at some Star Wars history this week in Star Wars history. We often say looking ahead to Star Wars past, but by the time you listen to this episode, this will be actually a day after it uh, on October 3rd, 2014. Oh, it seems like yesterday, but forever ago. Star Wars Rebels premiered with the movie Spark of Rebellion on the Disney Channel. Rebels was the first new content, including A New Dawn, the Jonathan Jackson Miller uh, novel his first new content out of the gate in this era so what was our reaction to it then almost a full year mind you before four centers existence (laughs) and what do we love about this show's uh, presence and legacy now jen i know you've uh, kind of been revisiting rebels right 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And I remember back in the day seeing the covers for A New Dawn all over uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, that year. And I remember thinking, oh, this is actually tied into this new series. That's interesting. This I felt like it was it was it definitely felt like it was a new era of Star Wars. And I was excited about that. And then I found out I was pregnant that <laughs> that in mm. October and my world totally changed. And I was like, I need to focus on life things. I can't think about Star Wars right now. Mm-hmm. And I remember I didn't really get into the show because I watched a couple episodes. I was like, eh, okay, I just can't focus on this. Mm-hmm. Recently, when I've gone back and now watched the, the entire uh, series, I understand why week after week, my Twitter timeline would be filled <laughs> mm-hmm. with fans freaking out about what had just happened what it meant to them, people talking about how they were crying after episodes. I'm like, what is this show? Now, yeah, what is going on? Now I understand. And I, one thing that I think was really important is that because of characters like Hera and Sabine, I remember thinking, wow, there's a lot more vocal uh, female fans who are Mm -hmm. sharing their excitement, which obviously we've always been here, but it just felt like people were now feeling more comfortable to voice their opinion. And I remember at the time feeling really excited about that, getting to, to meet some some new fans um, who kind of were just like, uh, okay, feeling emboldened to start their own podcasts or mm. share their thoughts on Twitter. And that was because of Star Wars Rebels. So that for me is, is the legacy of that show. Mm. That's great. I love hearing that. Yeah, I love that. Um, this time, I mean, you, you know, uh, you talk about uh, uh, your uh, first pregnancy, Jen, a change in your life. You could have been the uh, next co-host of Jedi Alliance, which was what I was prepared to offer you. When you, ah. Then you showed up eight and a half months pregnant. I went, ah, uh, she's probably, I said to my friend Phil Svitek at Popcorn Tech, I said, she's probably not going to come here every Monday at, at two o'clock. She's probably got other things to do. <laughs> Shortly. <laughs> time. A Again, a lifetime ago, right? A lifetime yes. ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Joseph, I know you've, you've spoken as well, uh, 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 reconnecting or watching the show uh, as well. Uh, I didn't know you as well then. I'm trying to think the actual timeline. I think you and I maybe had met, but you had not come on Jedi Alliance yet. Yeah, I think we yeah. met in like late October of 2014. That would be the case. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. LA Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. It was Wonder. I always yeah. think it's WonderCon, but it's LA Comic Con, which is usually around that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think, Ken, we might have had similar journeys with this from our talking before. Yeah. But in, in some ways, Rebels is kind of, I think it's important to the way I look at Star Wars and talk about Star Wars now, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, when it was coming on, I was, I, I had preconditioned myself to be grumpy about it. Yes. Um, I had just, you know, finished Clone Wars and really fallen in love with it. I had really kind of ripped the Band-Aid off and said, yes, damn it, I do love the prequels in the prequel <laughs> era. And it felt like Rebels is not just the new, the first new Disney, it was replacing the Clone Wars. Right. And then that first episode in particular really felt like it was hitting the nostalgia button for the original trilogy, which... Uh, I had been up for for many years, but I had just, <laughs> you know, yeah. f- fully fallen in love with the prequels. So all the like, you like TIE fighter noises? Here you go, was mm-hmm. the way that I received it sitting there. So I was kind of like, I, I like it, but I'm grumpy about it. The aesthetic of the outfits looked a little like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. more Disney-fied to me, all those things. Um, 
But then as I kept watching it, the characters really grew on me. Uh, the thematic connections to the Clone Wars and those ideas grew on me. As I've revisited ideas and we've been doing Force Center, I've fallen in love with it more and more. And, you know, your great question here about the legacy, you know, I experienced the same thing that, that Jen did is uh, a lot of fans loving it. Uh, a lot of women in particular loving mm-hmm. it. But a lot of people that I've met where this was their introduction to Star Wars. Yeah, And that entirely different perspective than I had, if I had like, I took decades of baggage, you know, yeah, with me yeah. and I, I plopped down with my baggage on the couch next to me and I didn't see how great it was initially. And the people who just came in and said, what is this? Immediately saw and felt the magic. And mm-hmm. that whole experience with Rebels is something that's really made me go, I want to try to leave the baggage behind mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and watch things uh, with fresh eyes. And uh you know, I, I've been holding off on a rewatch, you know, because, hey, maybe we'll have time to cover it. I don't know that we will. So pretty soon here, I'm just going to start it, uh, my day with uh, with an episode of Rebels and do a full rewatch. Hmm. Yeah, the glass of OJ as bright as, as Hera's uh, outfit, uh, <laughs> which was part of the complaints I had back in the day. And that's part of the, the, the personal legacy of the show. Uh, and we've probably spoken on it in different parts here, but it's it's just weird to have it all hyper-focused on this history, this date, this, this, uh, mm-hmm. years later here. Um, it, it's such a reminder of what could have been for me. And it's a, it, it's a, it's a dark path <laughs> that I could have, I, <laughs> I would have been angry in a car if I kept going that way. Uh, it, and Maud and I reviewed it on Jedi Alliance and, and we both kind of, uh, you know, helped each other snark along to be clear. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I haven't spoken to, to Maud directly in a few years about rebels. Uh, I don't know if, if she's any change <laughs> on it. Um, but it was because it was the first out of the gate and New Dawn was not what I was expecting. And then now you got a cartoon and I don't and I, I'm not totally like, oh, kids show. I get the value of it. But it was just like, give me ah, just give me that movie that's coming out. I, I, this is not the way to start for me. And, and I just started. And I, even then, when I started to like it, by the second season, I was in. By the end of the first season, I was I was in to a degree. But I remember outside of the puffer pig thing, and I used to joke about that. Blah blah blah. Put that put that on the shelf. Uh, I used to say, I don't know. Rebels takes a while to get going, right? Uh, the first few episodes, I don't know. I did a, a you know right before we started Clone Wars Report, I was doing my own personal Rebels rewatch and was humbled in my garage by myself on my treadmill to realize <laughs> it was there from the beginning, right? I just didn't want to see it, didn't want to connect. And the way in which we talk about Star Wars now here on Force Center, which has even changed and grown and got deeper over the years, if I had just taken that lens to it, it doesn't mean, again, does not mean you're going to love everything or connect with it uh, more than a Force Awakens or a live action TV show. Just to see it and then allow for other people's perspective. That's why I almost ended up angering a car being a this isn't my Star Wars guy. That's kind of probably where I kind of started. And now flash forward to sitting in the uh, Mando verse uh, Mando plus panel as it were hosted by our, our pal Ash. And, and, and we commented uh, Joseph, our experience there, you, me and Mark Ellis sitting there, the, the people around us. And yes, mostly uh, women and younger women at the time, uh, if I recall um, their connection and passion for this series and the characters in it, uh, man, it was powerful and it was humbling. And it reminded me of this date, October 3rd, 2014, <laughs> sitting in my old apartment going, nope. Mm. Nope, which is fair for maybe me to have. But man, that nope when said too loud and too powerfully really goes out of the way to take the joy from other people. And not just the joy, but the interaction, the experience and the influence. And that's not what we want for Star Wars. So that's part of the personal legacy for me is uh, Rebels is a home run, but Rebels 
was a lesson for me. Hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I totally agree with you. And I, I think that it is so important to give yourself the best odds at enjoying something, right? It's not about just, so you good. have to love everything, but just open open yourself as much as possible. Uh, this is what I try to do. Leave the baggage behind as much as possible. And then if there's something that I dislike, it, I really feel like it's because of a, of a true reason, not because I've put it through this filter where it's set up to fail. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because if you were to really sit me down back in uh, October 2014 and say, why don't you like Rebels? I would say, I don't know, the uniforms are colorful. <laughs> what would have been, you know, what would have been? I don't know. It, it seems, uh, I don't know. Where's Luke? Like, you know, it's just, it just, I, I didn't engage with it. I didn't engage with it. But um, No clones yeah. have been brutally murdered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Zev, I don't like Zev's accent. And by the way, Zev's accent, still not one of my favorite things about it. It's humorous to me and I like it and I love Zev. But like, you know, like uh, that would have, I would have stopped there. Don't stop there, folks. Like Joseph yeah. said, there's the t-shirt. Give yourself the best odds to enjoy things. Absolutely. There we go. All right. All right, we're done. We've looked at the news, the news for this week. We've got uh, probably a, a little bit of quieter news cycle to, to the end of Andor, but who knows what will pop off here. Uh, let me let you know where you can find us here. We're on uh, Twitter, Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube. Thanks to those who hung out with us on our live Q&A last Friday. A lot of fun. Alex Damon of Star Wars Explained showed up. He's in the chat. I said, get in here. Here's a link. We had a lot of fun with an impromptu hang with him. Uh, we're on Facebook as well, Force Center Podcast. We're available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. I would suggest getting shirts while you can before anyone in a corporate mouse hat takes shirts down. Uh, <laughs> it happens a lot and more and more. Patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly from there. You get into our Discord to discuss Star Wars with Force Center friends every day. You can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, cadnapsock.com. Uh, information on upcoming comedy shows, including end of the week, New York City, beat New York Comedy Club, East Village with Mark Ellis. I did want to highlight something. And Jen, I think you highlighted this. Last time out, so um, one of our Force Center friends in Discord wanted to follow up on uh, Action Dan, a uh, great username, wanted to know more about, uh, is it Tala Salud, which is to help with the mm-hmm. uh, Hurricane of Puerto Rico. And mm-hmm. uh, we did, someone did post a follow-up link in the Discord. Thank you, Shirley Rocks, for that. I'm looking at that now in our Discord. Uh, and that's a great spot there to support those recovering from Hurricane Fiona. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, Jen, more on that, uh, as, as you take yourself out here, where can we follow you and your TikToks and your choices? Yes. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Jennifer Landa, TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. I will have something coming up on starwars.com this month. So stay mm. tuned for that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Taler Salud, you can find out more and donate. I believe that they're accepting donations through their PayPal, but you can find out more information either on their Twitter feed or um, on their website at uh, T-A-L-L-E-R-S-A-L-U-D.com. There you go. And there was, uh, yes, uh, Shirley Rocks put the the English one, English uh uh, dot talersalude.com because I'm saying it the wrong way. So go, go to that website too. It's got a lot of ways to help. Appreciate that. Joseph, take us home. Where can they find you and what's on your mind? Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. If you are in Portland, Oregon or you are attending the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, uh, I will be there this week. 
wow, it doesn't seem that way. I have a lot of packing and prep to do, uh, but <laughs> uh, I'll be at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. I have a short uh, horror film uh, playing there as well as doing uh, some uh, fun kind of pop up alive comedy stuff. So uh, check that out if you are interested. Uh, we are heading into the big midterms and the time is taken down to write some letters for Vote Forward. I spent uh, a part of this week uh, writing some letters. And if you would like to do the same, you can go check out their website, votefwd.org, to check out the program. Check it out, indeed. All right, my friends, that's it for this week, at least for the news. We'll see you on the next episode here on Force. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.